Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. We discussed briefly in the last segment this heartbreaking plane crash which took place in West Jordan over the weekend. Uh, a heartbreaking thing. Uh, as we started the work week, the details we knew waking up this morning were that two adults and one child uh, had died following uh, that small plane crash uh, here in Salt Lake County. Uh, well, now there is new news breaking, and it is that uh, the resident of the home in which the plane crashed, uh, 72-year-old Mary Quintana, uh, has passed away herself. Uh, a heartbreaking thing, uh, and uh, something that um, unfortunately does happen from time to time. It's an incredibly rare occurrence, but planes occasionally come down and they occasionally come down into neighborhoods in fact uh, in the next segment I'm going to tell you a story about a family friend of ours uh, who also lost his life when a commercial plane uh, fell from the sky into his home it was a, a bitterly cold winter night just outside of Buffalo New York just over a decade ago and the results of that in addition to the 50 lives that were lost that night, uh, there have been legislative changes and rulemaking changes to uh, the way commercial pilots do their job. I'm going to share that story and those details with you uh, in the next segment. But right now, I want to welcome to this program uh, Debbie Dejanovic, who this morning spent much time covering uh, the details of this West Jordan plane crash. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lee. This is uh, such sad news that Mary Mary has passed away. Um, when we heard from the neighbors this morning and throughout the weekend who so valiantly tried to save her, I thought, this is the neighborhood I want to move to. Yeah. This is the neighborhood you want to be in when bad things happen because they all came together and tried to save it's odd and unfortunate that there have been two plane crashes in you know recent memory here in Utah, and the some of the things, some of the details of those uh, have been exactly what you described, just a remarkable outpouring of selfless uh, jump to when called on uh, action by neighbors and passersby. Uh, there was that uh, the, the plane crash near uh, Legacy Parkway where those two brothers in their pickup truck on the way to the work mm-hmm. site, uh, they pulled over, they jumped over numerous fences, and while sustaining injury to themselves, uh, they reached in and pulled from the wreckage the two men uh, in that plane crash. And similar stories unfolded 
this past weekend. In fact, uh, from Garna Mejia's reporting on Saturday, Garna Mejia, of course, of KSL Television, her reporting on Saturday included conversations with witnesses. Some audio here with a, a neighbor and a witness who described the scene of mother and child together in the crash. You just seen the little two-year-old holding his little teddy bear, and he was just burned, and seeing that little boy hold his bear. It's just very hard. And the mom just laying there. And the mom just fought for her babies. There's a man also there who described briefly hearing something. I was in the shower, and I thought, what is that noise? It sounds like an airplane. And it was an airplane. And this last piece of audio I want to play uh, and discuss with you, Debbie, comes from a neighbor describing their effort to respond and offer aid after the plane crashed. We went right over our house, and then we heard the big boom. Everybody was so panicked. So many people were just trying to help. It was, it was chaotic. I jumped these two fences, got through here, um, and as soon as I hit the cul-de-sac, I could just feel the heat from it. On the ground, neighbors found an elderly woman. She was on her deck when the plane hit. So my son actually managed to jump up on the deck and hand her over. I grabbed her. She came rolling off the top of the deck, and we moved her away from the house. She flew off her balcony and was 90% covered in burns. We had to drag her from under the fence. Making the most of every second, they rushed toward the flames. I guess they had propane tanks in the garage, and you can hear those um, exploding as well as we were just helping, trying to help everyone get out of the house. Tragic stuff. Chilling descriptions of these events, uh, but heroism in action. There's one point, too, uh, where neighbors were saying they were ripping her fence off. You know, you can imagine, and I don't know if it's a vinyl fence or a wood fence, but they're ripping this fence apart to try to get to Mary. And now with, um, and I'm going to get choked up here. Now with news of her passing, I'm, I think the neighborhood's going to have to come together even once again um, and uh, work through this together, Lee, because uh, they tried so doggone hard to... um, get married to safety and the, what they witness there is something that thankfully most of us will never witness. Um, unfortunately, I mean, you're talking in the next 10 minutes about an experience that you're, you know, firsthand about, and I have been, uh, on many, 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 many small plane crashes. And it's something that I can sort of process through as a reporter. Um, I probably haven't done the most brilliant job of it over the years, um, I mean, I've covered plane hard landings and plane crashes on the freeway. I've covered plane crashes that have gone into homes. But these neighbors would never have suspected that on a Saturday morning they would wake up and that this is how their day would go. None of us would expect that. So my my thoughts are certainly with them today, but also I want them to not be afraid to continue to talk through it and seek any sort of therapy that they may need because this is a horrific scene and um, unfortunately for Mary um, it ended in the worst kind of way with the news of her passing on Deseret News right now Deseret.com there is an article written by Ashley Imlay headline reads family members friends mourn in aftermath of fatal West Jordan plane crash. The first image you see is that of workers removing quite literally uh, portions of the plane's tail and other wreckage uh, that had come to rest uh, just beside that home uh, yesterday, as well as another image which shows a man named uh, Joe Murillo, 
who looks on as the crews there remove the debris. Now, Joe Murillo is the brother of Mary Quintana, who mm. is today learning that uh, he's unfortunately uh, lost his sister. Utah is no stranger to tragedy. Utah is no stranger to uh, some of the worst experiences uh, that a community and individuals can endure. But as you have pointed out, uh, Debbie, there are neighborhoods and there are neighbors who are at a moment's notice uh, willing and eager and prepared uh, to put everything aside and spring to action to help. It's an admirable thing, and I believe it's a unique thing. Not everywhere uh, has communities like the ones we have here in Utah. I've lived uh, a place or two, and I've seen a thing or two. And I have never seen anything like uh, the selflessness that exists in Utah communities. Uh, and I feel as though we are, and this is anecdotal, I haven't done specific, you know, a d- deep data dive on this this afternoon, Lee, but it does feel as though when you hear, you know, nine fatalities in the last 30 days, as we've been reporting all morning long through Utah's Morning News and through the David Janovic show, it feels like it's a lot more than normal. Um, and we do know that, you know, private planes and the use of private planes is on the uptick since COVID-19 because we've had so many airlines cut back on flights. I'm certain that's part of it. This particular flight was bound towards Page, Arizona. You kind of have to presume perhaps they were going to Lake Powell or to see family in the area. Um, But this is the second plane to come down out of airport number two, which has now been renamed. That's the old name for it. Mm. I think it's a South Valley Regional Airport in West Jordan. In just the last month, because let's not forget the death of, and the very, once again, untimely death of 35-year-old Tyson Brummett. He was a a pitching protege out of uh, Spanish Fork. He played in the major leagues. And here he is uh, now a pilot. So he found uh, a new career after uh, the MLB, which is amazing, right? He's going, he's yeah. he's flying uh, for a living now, and of course his plane goes down and kills him and three other uh, people uh, earlier this month. So yeah. we've been riddled with this kind of tragedy over the past couple of weeks. Debbie Janovic, thank you for spending this time with me. I, I, I so appreciate working through some of these tougher conversations and doing so with you. Your expertise and your knowledge and your wisdom uh, is, I know, a wonderful comfort to listeners. And personally, it is a wonderful comfort to, to me myself. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And after the newscast, I'm going to tell you the story of Colgan Air Flight 3407. It happened about a decade ago in the cold of winter in a small suburb of Buffalo, New York. And a plane carrying 49 passengers crashed into a home. Inside that home, the father of a family lost his life. That was a friend of my family. I'll give you those details and what came afterwards next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. 
now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Isn't that be great? It's always a treat when, regardless of the topic, when she's able to come on the program here and she and I can uh, go back and forth, share some of our own thoughts, and she brings uh, to the conversation her wisdom and expertise and experience. Uh, an experience as an investigative reporter, uh, someone who has had uh, her eyes and mind working on stories here in this region for, for so long. Uh, and it is always a, a wonderful, wonderful treat, uh, for me at least, and I, uh, I believe for, for you as well when we're able to welcome her to this program. We spoke uh, with Debbie Dejanovic about this heartbreaking plane crash which happened over the weekend in West Jordan. Uh, we know now that the FAA is investigating the crash, along with the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board. Uh, they are investigating the cause of this crash. It is not yet known. We do not know how this crash happened or why it happened or if anything could have been done to uh, prevent it. And so we will not speculate. Uh, we will not uh, wonder. We will not uh, do anything but wait for the information to be released by the FAA and the NTSB. And with that, uh, we uh, will we'll wait. As soon as we do know, though, of course, you can count on uh, hearing that information delivered on these airwaves on KSL News Radio. When I heard the news over the weekend of this uh, unfortunate crash, that it, uh, it had members of the same family there, uh, that it crashed into a home, and now the resident of that home has lost her life due to this accident. Uh, it, it reminded me of an experience uh, that my family witnessed uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, I've told you a few times that I, uh, I, I did some of my growing up in western New York. And my sisters, uh, they went to college there. Uh, one sister of mine who's in the Army now, she went to uh, college at SUNY Brockport, the State University of New York at Brockport. And uh, she had a roommate that first year, uh, a roommate who came to be a very close uh, family friend. And in fact, uh, that roommate's parents uh, became friends of our family. And my sister, I know, spent uh, much time with them and uh, got very, very close with them. And they lived, uh, this family, uh, mom, dad, and daughter, uh, in a suburb of Buffalo, New York. And it was in 2010, in the winter, at night, there was a regional airplane which was bound to land uh, in Buffalo, New York. Unfortunately, it didn't make it to Buffalo after taking off uh, from Newark, New Jersey. It got most of the way there. But then some troubles resulting in icing and a stall uh, ultimately uh, caused that plane to crash into a home in the suburbs. And the father of my sister's roommate, uh, he lost his life. There were 50 who lost their lives that night. I want to walk through for you uh, some of the chatter between the flight itself, the pilot, as well as air traffic control from Buffalo Airport. Here is the, the final conversation between air traffic control and Continental Express Flight 3407, giving them landing instructions. Calling 3407, I'm heading 330, Colgan 3407. Colgan 3407, three miles from Crump, turn left, heading 260. Maintain 2300, 
That female voice you hear there is First, First Officer Rebecca Lynn Shaw, uh, who was piloting that Continental Express Flight 3407. That exchange was the last time her voice or the voice of anyone on board uh, was heard. Following that, air traffic control tries to contact the aircraft once again after they didn't land when expected. Cougar 34 approach. Cougar 34 Buffalo. Cougar 34 approach. One, two, three attempts there. Next, air traffic control asks a Delta flight, a different aircraft in the skies, to look out towards the area where the plane was last seen and see if they can spot it in the air. Delta 1998, uh, look off the right side about five miles uh, for a dash eight. Should be 2300. Do you see anything there? Uh, negative Delta 1998. We're just in the bottoms. There's nothing on the TCAS. Air traffic control makes another call to 3407. Call to 3407, Buffalo. Call to here. And at this point, air traffic control knew that something was wrong. They asked someone to contact the police in the last known area where the plane was. Let us some ground communication. You need to talk to somebody at least five miles northeast. Okay, possibly Clarence. That area right in there, Akron area. Uh, either state police or sheriff's department. We need to find out if anything is on the ground. This aircraft was five miles out, and all of a sudden we have no response to that aircraft. Um, all I can tell you is the aircraft over the marker, and we're not talking to them now. I'll have to get right back to you, sir. Apparently we have an emergency, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Another pilot comes on the radio, pilot of another plane, asking air traffic control if they know what happened, and then informs them that he saw a plane on the ground. Sorry for cactus. Did you find Kogan? Uh, unfortunately, they said he went down about right over the uh, marker. Uh, tower cactus uh, 1452 is coming up on the clump, and uh, we just we saw it down. You guys know what's going on? Cactus 1452, Buffalo Tower, Windsor 26014, runway 23 to clear land. Yes, sir, we are aware. Okay. That flight 3407 was the most recent aviation incident resulting in mass casualties involving a U.S.-based airline. Ultimately, when the FAA and the NTSB examined the evidence, they determined that the pilots had improperly engaged autopilot on approach, despite the conditions, and it kept them from feeling the problems from the ice forming on the plane. And once the autopilot disengaged because of those ice, icing problems, the FAA determined the pilots reacted improperly, causing the crash. Now, uh, what has come as a result of that? Well, an organization was formed made up of family members of that flight. And they lobbied Congress, and they lobbied the FAA, and they lobbied to see changes made to the way pilots are instructed so that the incompetence demonstrated by the pilots at the controls of that aircraft wouldn't be seen in other pilots could be avoided. And it was about 10 years later, in fact, just a few months ago now, that the final pieces of uh, legislation and rulemaking that this organization formed by family members of that doomed flight formed uh, has been put in place. There are leadership and command trainings now required of commercial airline pilots. 
as well as instructions on how to mentor co-pilots. Newly hired pilots will now have to observe flight operations and learn their airline's procedures inside and out before ever entering the cockpit. Not as much on-the-job tra on training anymore. These uh, newly enacted regulations have been long in development. Ten years, as a matter of fact. Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow said that when, she said, quote, when I met with the Colgan Flight 3407 families, they emphasized how important this rule on pilot training was in elevating safety in the aviation sector. I am glad the department has been successful in finalizing this rule. Now, why do I tell this story? Why do I share it with you? Uh, why do I bring up this other tragedy in the wake of uh, a tragedy here close to home? Well, uh, it's not only because uh, we had a family connection to this story, but it is also the outcome. It is also that if tragedies like this could be avoided in the future, and if we can, from these tragedies, learn what can be changed in the future, then maybe those lives aren't lost in vain. And I believe that was the case for Colgan Flight 3407, and only time will tell if it's the case uh, for this most recent flight to go down in West Jordan here in the state of Utah. My heart breaks for those families. Now let's learn the lessons. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have a look at the stimulus bill. CARES 2. Turns out the leadership have come to some agreements on some of the terms. We'll check those out, see if you've got another $1,200 check in the mail coming your way. That's all next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.